Welcome back to another episode of Free the Geek with me, your host, Matthew Setter. It's the podcast about growing software development skills and building a rewarding software development career. In this week's episode, my friend, I speak to Joel Clement. We talked about so many things, but the key thing, the key focus for this episode is effective learning. He distills it well, how to do it, the approach to take. It's a gold one. Cue the intro music. If you want to learn the essentials of developing and deploying applications with Docker Compose, especially if you've been struggling to figure out what you need to know while Googling, searching Stack Overflow, and various other forums, then you'll love Deploy with Docker Compose. It's a free book and course that teaches you the essentials of building images and deployment configurations, tagging images, and pushing them to remote container registries, how to debug applications running inside containers, how to debug containers when they don't work as expected, and how to deploy your application to a production environment or any other environment using Docker Compose. Now, it doesn't cover every possible Docker command, nor does it go absolutely super duper deep in depth about anything that you could know. It just covers the essentials that you need to know so that you can deploy your first application with confidence. And you also get a host of supporting information, tips, tricks, and pointers to help you out when you get stuck. Check it out today at deploywithdockercompose.com. So my name is Joel. I am a developer based in the United States. I work with my partner, Aaron. And uh, our focus currently is on, uh, I'm trying to think of what the copy says at our homepage, but like we help Laravel SaaS teams level up. Mm -hmm. And so we, we kind of really focus in on Laravel developers building a product. Maybe they have a team and they want to they, they get to the next level in terms of what that means for them, like team efficiency, the product's architecture, you know, any number of mm -hmm. things. Um, so that's that's kind of been our focus for the last few years, and uh, we've we've had a lot of fun working with many different clients in that. Cool. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry if it's a bit kind of like random and a bit off the cuff, and it's just like yeah. straight over to you. But um, get in the groove again. So I'm we'll get more professional at this with time. But okay. So how did you come to kind of get into this particular focus? Because you have. Mm -hmm. Grumpy programmer with testing, um, sure, and different sure. people having their particular focus. How did how did this one find you, or how did you f come to have this focus? Yeah, I, I think um, so. I, I've definitely done more. I've been working in PHP for quite some time. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, Aaron and I founded the the Milwaukee PHP user group back in like 2008, I think wow. was when we started okay. it. So um, before Laravel was even a twinkle in Taylor's eye, like we were, we were still writing PHP. Mm -hmm. um, so like, but to answer your question, um, there's kind of two answers to that. So, so one is um, 
despite what most people on the internet seem to be, I'm pretty unopinionated when it comes to developer choices. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because I actually don't like having to make a hundred tiny decisions, right? Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I think sort of the ethos of Laravel with the focus on convention over configuration just kind of aligns with my thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, there are times when I, for various technical reasons, can't follow the convention and you're not boxed in, right? So you can always do things differently if you want to, but there's kind of a clear trod path like this is the Laravel way or the default way to do something. Mm -hmm. And that just sort of resonates with my personality. Um, But the second reason is based on many years of consulting with different clients and um, inheriting lots of interesting code bases. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things, one of the patterns I've seen is I would rather inherit a poorly written application in some framework than the nicest application that's built out of just like a hundred different custom composer packages. Okay. And I know many people disagree with that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Right? This is an opinion. Um, but the reason for that is, is because even the worst dead framework probably has documentation. And I've yet to run across one of those bespoke things, um, you know, handcrafted frameworks that has really any meaningful documentation mm-hmm. to it. And so um, it's just, it's an, I, I found being on the receiving end of that, I like getting something that at least has a starting point for understanding it. Um, and that being said, Laravel is a very active ecosystem. Mm-hmm. It has a number of developers working it. It has healthy packages, conferences, documentation, you know, mm-hmm. tutorials. So I feel like when I eventually leave a project, because nobody works on the same thing forever, it's easier to hand it off and it would be easier for my client to find another Laravel developer than somebody that would have to pick up Joel's homegrown PHP framework. <laughs> so th- those are the two things put together. It's kind of like, it's what we use. And so that's where we decided to try to focus our efforts on working with clients and educating developers and trying to doing some training and coaching and things like that too. Yeah, I guess that, that makes a lot of sense because it's perhaps analogous to, you know, do you, do you write and therefore have to maintain something yourself? which can sure. be good. I'm not decrying that. I, I think mm-hmm. we've all done that in, in some degree. But then you ha- have to maintain that over time, perhaps, and that yeah. can be more work than you want. Um, versus, <laughs> excuse me, um, finding something that does most of what you want and has a whole lot of other people who are also contributing to it and yeah. saying, well, it does most, and I can just add on that, small comparatively small percentage and yeah as you said there's someone who will probably write the documentation someone who will tweet about it someone yeah. who will be one or two core maintainers etc mm-hmm. and so kind of yeah and yeah and just to be clear like i we've made a decision we picked a, a tech stack but we're not like tribalistic about it right mm-hmm. so i don't like look down at other framework developers in fact um i know we're going to talk about kind of the idea of tech learning mm-hmm. i think there's value in branching out and knowing what's going on in other communities both within PHP and even other languages. Like, like that's a, I think that's an important skill to have as a, a developer mm-hmm. constantly trying to learn and keep up with what's out there. Well, I think since you're not into tribalism, I think we're going to have to call it quits there, and that's been a lot of fun. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> not controversial enough. Oh, no, no. no. You, you can't have this kind of, like, friendliness. you got to be tri- – no, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, um, uh, no, that's, that's, that's interesting. It's 
Though it, it sort of seems like you you're clear of what your focus is, but still mm. a, like accommodating and flexible, and as you said, appreciative of differing opinions, which is yeah. in the last couple of years quite nice. <laughs> give <laughs> refreshing. Yeah. Give, well, and, hmm. and and even outside of like social media, which I think kind of amplifies sort of the wrong <laughs> uh, uh, feelings in all of us. But um, like, if we come into a project and it's not using Laravel. Like we're not going to be like, well, you have to use Laravel mm-hmm. to work with us, right? So it's it's not an imposition. But I, I'm I'm speaking more about a greenfield project yeah. or something where they they want to modernize it anyways. It's built on another stack that they want to leave for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Like that's where we would suggest it. But we're not, you know, it's not absolutely you must use Laravel if you want to work with us. You know, that, that's yeah, that's not how we work at all. That's nice. Okay. Um. Uh, sorry. So, um. So, so then segueing into effective learning, as you, as you said at the start. Mm-hmm. So did that come out of, of and call me out if I've, I've just gone, had a complete blank. Um, did that come out of all those years of consulting and gradually sort of seeing like an under, like a, a, an, an underlying need under that? Like there was a, this mm. sort of kept coming through as something that you should, felt you should do or it was random? It runs much deeper than that. Okay. So Ooh, I, um, it probably has to do with my background, right? Okay. So I am a self-taught programmer. Mm-hmm. I did not go to university to learn computer science. Uh, in fact, I, you know, I cut my teeth as a little kid, like literally, mm-hmm. I think six was when my parents bought me an Atari home computer. Wow. And after I got bored of like the two cartridges I owned, you know, my dad is like, hey, it came with a manual. You should figure out how this works. <laughs> and, and that was sort of my introduction to programming. Okay. And um, as a result, I, I think it's kind of a good and a bad thing, right? So it's good because I had the motivation to figure things out and to pick something up without anybody holding my hand, mm-hmm. um, you know, pre-internet even. Like I had to mm-hmm. go to the library and get a book or a magazine or something if, if I wanted to learn more. Um, so that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But I think the other side of it, which may be a negative, that kind of made me more interested in the the science or the process of learning is realizing I probably had some gaps in my knowledge, mm-hmm. right? Like like one of the nice things about a university degree is you get exposed to all sorts of things that you may never use, but maybe you will. And like, if you don't know what you weren't taught, mm-hmm. like there, there could be a potential gap in your knowledge. So um, just kind of being, trying to be more rigorous about it, identify where I had gaps in my knowledge and how to fill them mm-hmm. and, and kind of that whole process, I think, is is where this deep interest in the process of learning came from. Well, that's interesting. Um, I, I, I'll be honest. I did go to uni, but I have mixed feelings about it. Um, okay. Maybe it was the particular uni. And anybody who's mm, listening sure. who could look on my, my LinkedIn profile will know <laughs> which uni it is. So I'm not going to say, okay, hey, uni that shall not be named. No. I... It, it, it was partly mixed feelings, but partly I was pretty raw myself in in my sort of sense of focus quite young, I think. And I perhaps needed a bit more time to to, to settle myself. But um, I, I resonate with the, the thing of sort of being self-taught or that wanting to learn because in my first year, and this is going back to 96. So, uh, you know, anybody who's seen my hair... Especially from the back where it's Gandalf the White. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's great when other people know it and you don't know and they don't tell you. Yeah, fantastic. Um, I 
I bought this computer. I was, actually, I was saying this to a, to a, a friend earlier today. I, I was stubborn and I I borrowed 5,000 Australian dollars to buy my own computer. Um, okay. And it was not the most rewarding experience initially mm. because I kept taking it back to the shop because it kept crashing and breaking. The person, sure. I think, did not want to see me after, I don't know, a handful <laughs> of times. Um, in, in full transparency, I was also running Windows 95A on it, and I had no idea what I was doing. And So that's like a pre-release version of Windows 95, right? Or was that just one of the earlier versions? It, as far as I know, Windows 95A, it was like, I think it's like Red Hat in the day. Maybe they still do it. Mm. They do a point zero, a point one, and a point two release. Okay. So you, your point zero was a bit hairy. Yeah, you can run it, but she's sure. a, bit, a bit on the raw. Point one, we're mm-hmm. getting stable. Point two is meant to be, this is the best of this version that's going to come out. And I can only say that Windows 95A was like maybe mi- minus point two or something. <laughs> okay, negative numbers. It was, yeah. it was horrible. And a mate told me ages uh. later, I'll, I'll keep this short. A mate told me ages later, he said, oh, no, no, Windows 95A, mate, that's alpha. I'm like, yeah. but how could you release that in a box? Because it, it came with floppy disks. I think it was floppy mm. disks in the day, or maybe a CD. Um, yeah, I think that was right around the transitional time from floppies to CDs, so it could have been either. It, but it, this thing was raw, and it, I, I, pro- I, I kid you not, I, I learned to touch type at school because that's just what the school said, you will learn this, that's how it is. And my mum said, if you want to go to uni, you're going to have to type a lot, or you could write things. I went, Wait, wait a second, type things versus write. I'm up for this mm-hmm. touch typing thing. That's cool. Um, so I typed with my right hand and I had my, my left hand over control S because it just, word just crashed or it went straight to blue screen. Oh, no. And then wow. when it came back, and I'm coming to a head with this, um, it the autosave kind of saved some things that came later than other things, but and it was just... Oh. And at one point I thought, I just... I'm not doing four years of this. This is ridiculous. So I went looking in the paper for job ads and stuff for some random reason because ads were in the papers back in those days. Mm -hmm. And there was this thing called Linux. And I went, I don't know what that is, but I know someone who might. And I thought anything's got to be better than the five grand piece of junk. Yeah. And I said to this friend, I said, whatever this is, you'd know it, right? He's like, yeah. Can you put it on my computer? I could. I think you'd have more fun if you did it. I'll just give you the CD. <laughs> and yeah, so then came, and this is the crux of the story. Um, I had an Intel graphics card, which was new. It had all of two meg, I think, of processing power. It was amazing. And since it was so new and it was Intel, uh, there was not much support for it. And so when I installed Linux mm. and felt very happy with myself that I installed through the like NCurses installer, the like the, the the bar at the bottom was on the vertical. It was at least three quarters of the height of the screen, and on the on the the horizontal, uh, about what would it be? About a twentieth of the bar took up all of the screen, and so you could just see oh. this tiny little bit of the bottom oh, left corner. I'm like. Not going back, because going back Mm-mm. is terrible. There's got to be some way to get through this. And yeah, and I figured out how to get the generic driver in place of the, well, quasi Intel driver and went, and then, oh, there are all these compilers. These things come for free. 
I was working at a supermarket, so I didn't really have a lot of money. I went, this is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it didn't crash. <laughs> well, good. Once. So it all worked out in the end. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sorry that that was a really long story for, I, I get the point about, well, we're going to figure this out now. And mm-hmm. surely there's someone there. And so there were many kind of modem squeals late at night and just asking people and just got there in the end. So I like I like the point about you just take it upon yourself and don't yeah. you ask for help and you appreciate when help's given, but it's not you're not waiting for someone to come and say here it is for you and it's all done and here's a bow to stick on top of it. Right. Yeah. There there's frustration to that approach, but I think it also leaves you with a deeper understanding mm. uh, if you persevere and kind of dig a little deeper to figure out why it's not working. Um, and so that's, but but I agree. Those are kind of formative experiences. And I, I, looking back, I think having gone through that in a number of technologies, um, I've sort of been interested in figuring out a process to more effectively learn something new. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And so that's that's kind of where where my attention was for a while. In fact, um, I had as the first time I was ever invited to give a keynote at a conference. Mm-hmm. And it was at Midwest PHP. I think it was their first year. So it would have been like 2013 maybe. And I had submitted a talk that was called Learning How to Learn. And it was rejected. And I was pretty bummed. And I'm like, fine, I didn't want to go anyways. But then they, they later said, actually, we would like to have that as a keynote. And so then I was glad I didn't like say anything bad. <laughs> and I, I took it. But um, I, I did a ton of research for that talk. Um, and... I, I realized just kind of on this theme how much I didn't know about learning mm-hmm. and it, it was such a deep field and it really interested me and I'm like wow like this is something that should be at conferences because like why do you go to a conference well you know, maybe it's for a free trip or maybe it's to meet your friends but at, at least on the surface people are there to learn mm. um, like why what if we had a topic on how to learn more effectively so okay. that was um, that was kind of the start of me taking it more serious as a topic and um, quick side note, I actually just published an article in PHP Architect. I think it was um, May, la- yeah, last month, May 2022 mm-hmm. issue. It's it's That's the title of it, Learning How to Learn. Okay. And so it's, it was an updated version of that talk um, with some additional things I've learned along the way in the last, what, 10 years almost. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, no, I'd be, I'd be really keen to read that. Yeah, I can send you a link to it. Yeah, please. And I'll uh, add a link to that in the show notes for this uh, episode. Uh, This might be bad to ask, but could you say what would you like your your essential, uh, like like the core of it, like the the essential key points? I could share a few high points. Yeah, yeah, because despite it being like a deep topic, um, I think there are some some high level takeaways that we could share. And if somebody's interested in learning more, Mm -hmm. they can dig into it. Um, and some of this stuff, like, I'll be honest, some of it, when you hear it, it's like, well, duh, like, obviously. But uh, it's, d- despite saying that, I've seen so many people kind of struggle or haphazardly approach learning technology. So mm-hmm. I think having a, a, a mindset about how to approach it is useful. So one of the things um, is the idea of learning deliberately. Mm-hmm. So um, the way I, I sort of phrase that is, have a specific goal in mind. Mm-hmm. So I know when you and I were talking, you said you were learning Go, totally new language. 
Um, you know, for something like that, I might say, well, I would like to learn how to write a simple command line program that I can pass in, you know, two inputs and have it added together and return it to me. So like <laughs> something concrete, but and something very approachable, but something that's not going to take me a month to figure out. Like, you know, hopefully in an afternoon I could hit that. Okay. Um, and then as you get further into it, um, then then you can kind of expand your horizons, right? Be like, okay, well, I want to try you know, maybe a web app now or, or something like that. Um, so that that's part of it, the, the deliberate learning, having the goal, but then also um, this, this applies not just to like new technologies you're picking up, but even to existing technologies. So kind of bringing it back to Laravel. Maybe, maybe I've been working in Laravel for three years and I've built 10 sites, but you know what? All of them were sort of full stack sites where it was server rendered PHP blade templates and, and mm -hmm. you know, it, it was kind of that way of building it. Well, maybe I want to go deeper now and say, what would it be like to build a Laravel app that was just an API where I'm going to consume it from a JavaScript front end oh, or yeah. a mobile app or, or something like that? Yeah. Like, how would that change how I build it, how I test it? And so that's that's a bigger project, but it's still a discrete thing. So I could maybe, I know how to build a demo to-do app. Could I do that uh, with Laravel as just the, the backend API? Mm -hmm. And so that, that's the idea of, of being deliberate, not just, I'm going to buy a book, or I'm going to watch a course, mm -hmm. and at the end of it, uh, maybe I'm alone in this, but I've read books and I, I was not in my head the whole way and I was you know like even trying out code samples and then you get to the end and you're like but did I really learn it <laughs> like yeah, could I yeah. could I close the book and put it away and sit back at my code editor and feel like I leveled up my knowledge yeah and sadly most of the times the answer is no and, and so that deliberate learning can even work nicely when you are going through a course or a book to like read a chapter and then stop and like do one of those little mini goals that I just talked about mm -hmm. So I, I'm not advocating like you have to go learn this completely on your own. There's I, I, I buy a lot of books and courses and I, I find them useful, mm -hmm. but I find them more useful if you have kind of the active learner, deliberate mindset. You're not just relying on the person to teach you. You're taking some initiative to, initiative to say, I'm going to take what they taught me and actually make sure I know what they were trying to teach me. Like it's going to stick in my head, okay. you know, note taking, writing demos working exercises, things like mm -hmm. that. Okay, that's interesting. Because I took the idea, uh, <laughs> perhaps a little, a little bit counter, only in that um, I wrote a, uh, not the most sophisticated of things, but I, I wrote this little weather station or a PHP front end to a simplistic weather station. It has, at, at the moment, only because I only had a temperature and a humidity sensor, and then I bought okay. this hat for the Raspberry Pi, which I think has a couple of other sensors. Um, and so it was on a Raspberry Pi, and it had Python. Uh, li the Python library read the inputs from the sensors, mainly because I think there was a, 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 f a not raw, but it was more of, I think, like a building block library mm -hmm. in PHP, whereas the Python one was much more put this in, what's the GPIO pin that you're going to read from? Okay. And now we'll yeah. determine what the signal is and convert it into mm -hmm. temperature and uh, humidity readings. Just much more. I wasn't necessarily interested in the low lying. It was more mm -hmm. overall. Um, 
and then so I so I had one aspect in Python, one in PHP, and it was I was kind of happy with it. It was very mm-hmm. I got to play, and I wrote I think two articles, one unpublished uh, at my first into Twilio, um, and then after like I was I had I think several languages in mind for some years that I wanted to learn. One was Go, I think another was Java, Kotlin, maybe C. Um, okay. As a little bit of a kind of, what would you say, randomness. I have two books mm-hmm. in C on the shelf that my father-in-law gave me from 1984. <laughs> They're the German versions of programming in C. Um, okay. So it's a bit of a double challenge, but that's more of a yeah. random aside. <laughs> and a, a good friend from the UK who's been programming in Go for years said, ditch the other ones ditch the other ones goes what you want I'm like not at all biased um, <laughs> and I said oh well fair enough that's all of them I could have gone one way or another so I thought he's there if I need to ask questions and he's been great and I thought well what am I going to do with it because yeah you, mm-hmm. and I started doing the go tour and that's cool so you kind of sure. get that broad overview of here's what the language uh, supports what it offers how yeah. it works but then after about 10 days i'm like i'm just kind of feel like i'm it's kind of meandering and i, thought, well, I want to right. do something as you said mm-hmm. to yeah. that is kind of meaningful that i can not just sort of what's the right term i was i felt i was kind of doing hello world kind of over and over yeah. in different ways i kind of wanted yeah. to say give me something that kind of gets me to think so I can have sort of, I guess, what would you say, applied knowledge. I have to think, mm-hmm. okay, from what I've learned so far, <laughs> plus there'll be a bit of gap that I have to then push myself to figure out something. How would I implement this? And I think right. perhaps I was biting off a little more than I could chew in sure. some of those times. Yeah. But I do like that thing where you, mm-hmm. you have to say, how would I do this? And mm-hmm. what do I already know? And what do I have to, how do I have to grow to reach this goal yeah yeah and go go is a good example i you know having recently learned it myself like because there's some concepts that do not exist in php you know like the idea of channels for example like i i, I don't think there's a first class uh thing like that in php so it, it is good to go through the tour to kind of get the high level concepts mm-hmm. but as you experienced, you didn't really come away from the tour feeling like, oh, yeah, I could sit down and write an app now. Like, it wasn't probably until you actually struggled a little bit trying to write something mm-hmm. that you start to feel like, oh, okay, it's it's clicking into place. I actually see how this is working now. Yeah. Like, I, I have, uh, like, hats off for the tour, and I appreciate perhaps the reason mm-hmm. why it is there and what it was written for, and, and that's cool. I do not want to in any way take away from it. But, no. yeah, there was a certain uh, way of learning that I felt that's that's only going to take me so far yeah and yeah i do yeah. like that um more tac- is it tactile is that the right term i don't know a sense of being able to yeah own the experience it's, it's the difference between like sitting on the couch reading a book and like sitting at a keyboard actually trying to do something yeah. like it it's engaging a different part of your brain yeah i have to agree the um Another, just like another high level takeaway point, and I, I think this one actually probably applies more to learning more deeply in a tech stack you're already familiar with, is to dig into like, the, one of the ways I frame this is like the why and the when yeah. instead of the what and the how. So okay. what I mean by that is like, like, like using Laravel as an example, um, 
how does validation work? Or, or, or what are the validation rules? Mm -hmm. That's kind of like one thing. But then there's like, um, well, when would I use this rule versus the other? They both kind of seem like they do the same thing. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between them? Or why would I choose to validate this piece of data? Um, you know, so it, it, you're kind of like digging a level deeper. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I hate to say this, and maybe I'm just being a grumpy old man, <laughs> but it seems like the, at least on Twitter, yeah. there's a lot more buzz and interest in like the hot tip, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. Fire emoji, here's a code sample. And sometimes they're great. And, and it's a nice way to expose somebody, like maybe they didn't know you could do that in the mm -hmm. framework. Well, they would have if they read the docs, because these are not like novel <laughs> things that are being pointed out. But I, I, w I was hoping to like start some sort of like deep tip trend where, you know, like more, more opinionated, more deeper understanding of how something works. Mm -hmm. Because I think that, is really what leads to insights and what leads to mastery. Um, j just one example on my blog. I, in fact, I looked this morning, and it's still the most popular article I've published, mm -hmm. which is how does the dot notation in Laravel validation work? So, for example, if you have an array of form fields, you know, person, and then you have like name, age, whatever, you can say person dot name and then validate that, mm -hmm. and you don't have to like deconstruct the array in yeah. the request before doing it, uh. and I ran into this weird case where this was a project I inherited and their field name had a dot in it and it wasn't working the way I expected. Oh, wow. So I'm like, what is going on here? So I dug into yeah. it and number one, I learned how to have a literal dot and not have it interpreted. Mm -hmm. But then I figured out like, how does that dot notation work internally? And like, why is it a good thing? Because there's actually a security angle to it too. There's a reason it's parsed in the way it is. And so... I wrote that up, you know, it was maybe four or 500 words of a blog post, mm -hmm. um, but it gets a lot of traction. And I think in part, because there's an insight, like you would never know this reading the docs. Mm -hmm. In fact, I, I sent a pull request to the docs to add the fact that you can escape the doc, mm -hmm. Um because that wasn't even in the docs at all. And so, but anyways, that's an example of digging deep. You know, if somebody would have just said, oh, Joel, just put a backslash in front of the dot. That would have solved my problem and I would have moved on. But I would have missed out on a lot of the the insight that came from actually understanding the internals yep. of that particular feature. That reminds me of for many years. Hats off to my my wonderful dear friend who I'm referencing, who shall go unnamed. Um, okay, I do a lot of that because I don't know. Maybe people don't want to be referenced, and I'm just thinking of it off the cuff, and I haven't asked. But okay. we had this thing many years ago because I was I was I was rather. Um, young overly enthusiastic a little bit biased toward linux and he was kind of that way towards windows but we had a, between each other we had this very fun rivalry and stuff he kicked my ass but that's fine um <laughs> he was just more of that person um but one time i got stuck i, I think i had a linux problem I, I think it was one of mine or was it one of his i don't know anyway one of us had one and I just, I wanted to know what it was. What was the problem? What, where had this mm -hmm. come from? Because I'd not seen yeah. it before. And I spent, I think, a good three, four hours trying to get this thing. And in the end, I, I just couldn't find it, I think. And I just said, fine, fine, I'll just reboot the computer. And it went away. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the, the, the stereotype Windows mm -hmm. advice. Oh, uh, sure. And, but I yeah. remember telling, recounting him, this experience i think it was like the next day and he said why don't you just reboot it straight away and i said but 
well, it, it was a problem. So mm-hmm. something's gone wrong and it might have yeah. just been a, like, some part in the computer just had a, a, an issue with humidity. That, <laughs> there was a cosmic ray that hit a memory chip. Something like that, right? Like, <laughs> sure. like a yeah, real yeah. random one-off that mm-hmm. won't come around again. That's so cool. And, yeah. and the odds of me finding something like that are pretty rare. Yeah. Or, or was it something deeper? Like it's, a, I don't know, a, a bug in a particular version or mm. a, a segment of memories failing, so on and so on. And I thought, if I just restarted, which we, at least in Australia anyway, we, we were kind of both earlier on in, in careers and stuff. But I said, but if I don't figure out what's gone wrong, it's probably just going to happen again. So the next time I'm going to mm. have to stop doing whatever it is I'm doing. And here we go yeah. again. And he, and he just looked at me like, oh, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you just got to get on with it going, yeah, but how many times does it take before I've take, you've taken more time out to restart and then right. once you restarted, you're back to where you were and then figured out where it was I get your head back into it. Sure. And, yeah. when, and I said, I can appreciate <laughs> what you're saying, but what about the other side? And I looked at him at the time and so many people, at least in where I was in Australia at the time, I thought, I'm fighting a tide, like a tide's coming in and I'm just being washed away by it. Yeah. But it, it, it's, it's sort of to your point. It's Someone could just say, just stick a slash in. You go, uh-huh. But you're not... Re- yep. and, you're not and it fixes it because the com- mm-hmm. you know, the compiler or whatever doesn't complain. But you're sort of saying, well, I don't really know what that was, why I did it, and I don't totally yeah. feel comfortable because I'm not... It's, it's that lack of... Or at least I'd feel a little uncomfortable going, but why did yeah. I put that there? Yeah. And well, like in this example, I even noted, you know, in, in a regular expression, a backslash escape something. So you could draw the wrong conclusion, but like, oh, I can just use arbitrary regular expressions in validation fields. No, point. you can't. This is a special case. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, and there's a balancing act, right? Like if you're under a deadline, that's probably not the time to like dig into the Laravel source and write a 500 word blog post. But that particular day, like I, I didn't have anything pressing. I'm like, I was a curiosity. So I, I explored it. And I probably didn't spend more than, you know, maybe 90 minutes on it between figuring it out and writing it up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, so I, I get what you're saying. It is. And, it, and sometimes it's almost like a point of pride. I'm going to figure this yeah. out. I don't, at this point, it's not even about saving time. Got, I just want to get this. I want to beat it. And you, you see things <laughs> yeah. on like Stack Overflow or something and say, I've spent six hours and sometimes it's, I've wasted six hours or I've lost it. Yeah. And the others, yeah, and I saw, and then there's the your opposite <laughs> and I got this. And you're like, right. I, I, but I feel like kind of been, I've been on both sides of that coin. Sometimes, sure. yeah, you've got a deadline, and I just then the bus would have maybe uh, not so gently uh, shared his uh, feelings with me about me spending my time investigating something. Yeah. yeah, and then the other time you kind of you have the opposite. Like I was in a role, ooh, about two years ago, and. I got one, I, and they said, why didn't you dig deeper? I said, because the deadline was killing me. I, I, I was new to the project. I was still mm. getting a feel for personalities and, and how it all works. Yeah. And I thought, I don't feel comfortable enough with this group to sort of take what I felt was a liberty. And I right. wouldn't say that I got chastised, but they were like, look, if this needs to be done, it just gets done. And I'm like, right, not a problem. Um, bear that in mind for next time. So it's... I feel it's a, it's a real mixed bag. It's kind of almost project by project and, yeah. and take it as yeah. it comes. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no there's no one rule we can give somebody in every circumstance. You kind of have to read the room mm. and and apply it to yourself. Let me let me share one other yeah, high level tip, please. and I, I think that'll kind of round it out. Okay. Uh, and that is to share what you're learning. And so uh, I'll commend you because I follow you on Twitter and I've seen your posts about learning go. And um, somebody might say, "Well, I'm new to this. Like, what what do I have to share about it?" And I think that's actually the wrong attitude to have. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to come off as a deep expert, like giving advice to people if you truly are a beginner. Mm. But there's also a way that a beginner looks at something that an expert can't really relate to anymore because they've internalized so much of what they know. It's hard to have that beginner's mindset again. Mm. And so I just say, you know, put the blog post out there, share a podcast episode, you know, record a screencast. As long as you know more than one other person on the internet about this topic, mm. it's probably worth sharing. Um, and so the reason that ties in to learning and effective learning is because when you put yourself out there a little bit to share something, it forces you to, to take it a little bit more seriously. Mm. Like you, nobody wants to be wrong. Nobody wants to be a fool and, and be like, oh, that's not correct. Um, so it deepens your understanding. I remember this from the PHP meetup days where we'd give a talk on something. And it's something I do every day. But before I gave that 30-minute presentation, I I went back over it inside out again because you yeah. want you want to share valuable information. So um, that that's actually a pretty effective learning tool to just share a little snippet of what you learned. Not only will it help somebody out, it'll help you in your learning. And it kind of opens you up to like random opportunities. I've gotten clients. I've gotten... Um, you know, really interesting uh, opportunities in my life because somebody read something I shared or, you know, listened to our podcast or whatever, and and they reached out to me as because of it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's hard to even predict those sorts of things, um, but it has kind of add-on effects by, by taking that leap and putting yourself out there just a little bit. You know, in, in every community, like I'll, I'll just say tech communities, there are the people you know, like the names that you know. And sure, some people are, they got there because they're just... They're good. They're solid. Mm-hmm. And not to say that the others aren't. I realize what I might be implying there. But I've heard enough of them say, I'm not the best developer in this community. I'm the most. I'm one of the most well-known ones because I shared stuff. But that yeah. doesn't mean that I'm... I, I'm I'm a legend to this. They say, I could, hand, I could list off five people who I know could do loads better than me, but they don't talk mm-hmm. or they don't... Yeah, they're like, I'm doing my work. That's my thing. Or yeah. they feel just, uh, I'm not going to put myself out there because whatever reason. But I, I agree with your point. And I remember, I think most times I write those posts, except for two or three when I went, I'm just writing it. It's just, I was either super excited or I'm just doing mm. it. I would, I had this feeling of, I am still so at the start of this. Not to say I'm a beginner programmer, but I'm at the start of this particular journey, if you will. Yeah. And I thought, I don't want to seem like I'm a complete babe in, you know, babe in the woods or anything, but I guess you have to start somewhere. And it was this, right. I'll just write it. And mm-hmm. as is always the case, I think only on one or two posts has anybody ever said like something snarky or whatever. Mm-hmm. And these ones would be, oh yeah, thanks for sharing. I'm like, yeah. but it's yeah. If it, th- there is that feeling of... I don't know. I, I, I don't want to seem green, but yeah, I, I can it, relate to that. Yeah. Well, and, and here, here's like, maybe this is a mindset thing too. 
it's possible even the one or two snarky comments you got mm. like they could have actually taught you something right like mm. maybe they were pointing out a genuine flaw and so that's what i, I kind of look at it because i've gotten feedback on that too i still get feedback like that occasionally on things that i do consider myself an expert on because mm. there's difference of opinion but i yeah. I, I would just caution somebody, you know, look for the good in what they said. Yeah. Some people are just jerks. I write them off completely. But if somebody's like, hey, this is wrong. Why did you say that? Mm. I just focus on the, oh, well, what's the right thing? You know, and oh, so yeah, there, there's even something you can take away from that, too, if you try to keep the right the right attitude toward it. Yeah, I was, I was, I was a little precious at the time. I didn't, I don't, <laughs> sure. I didn't snap back, but I was like, mm-hmm. kind of been like, there is really main thing. Then after a while, yeah. it's just, as you say, some people are just there to be a troll and some people yeah as i yep. i sat in a I, I felt really fortunate i also found it very amusing i'd been living over here in in europe for some years and i was in uh i was on a project and there were just a, people from a mixture of different cultures in the group and yep. they all knew each other like they'd all known each- i was the newest into the group and they'd all known each other for a long time and knew kind of where each were coming from and happily worked with each other uh if any of them are hearing this they'll probably know what i'm referring to um <laughs> and uh, one and and uh, like a topic came up and one of the people was just more direct he's just from a more direct culture they just mm-hmm. they just stay stuff he wasn't brutal it wasn't rude it was just kind yeah. of more to the point Whereas the others were a bit more gentle and kind of a lot more nuanced and a bit euphemistic kind of thing. And they mm-hmm. sort of sort of started to pile on him. Not that he cared. He's like <laughs> thick skin. And they said, oh, you can't do this and you really got to be sensitive. And he said, but what have I said for one, for starters, what have I said that was really harsh? Please look at what I wrote. I think you'd be struggling to find anything. And mm. secondly, you all know me. If the, right. he's like, what is this? Yeah. But uh, leaving the specific society, it was just interesting to just to see how just different cultures can just come at something from really different perspectives. So to yeah. wind that around, to look at it and say, this is what I was reading into that. But did the person even say that? And yeah, maybe they didn't. I just was having a bad day, feeling sure. bad about something else. And I've yep. carried that into this. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, and just being like, oh, well, fair enough. Maybe they didn't mean it at all. And maybe I'll just say, yeah. hi, did you mean something by that? No. Well, there you go. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah. Um, I really, I, I appreciate the point about the, the what you've shared so far. I, I find it in a lot of ways really reinforcing with and, and encouraging. Um, and also, what would you call it? Liberating sounds a bit over, over the top. But, you know, things just sort of, you hear it and you go, I, I feel more comfortable now to continue doing what yeah. I'm doing. So I really appreciate yeah. you sharing. Yeah. Well, and that's that's kind of like the other half of our mission, um, other than consulting and the coaching and stuff, is to try to build some resources around different topics in the Laravel ecosystem mm-hmm. to help you f- kind of reach that mastery you know so like i said i wrote a book about um i don't know if i told the topic but it's about laravel validation rules Mm -hmm. and writing that book i learned so much um and i thought i knew everything already but i didn't Mm -hmm. um and but but like that's kind of the focus of what we share even with the podcast um we're trying to help you come away with like some new insight or some way of internalizing what we're trying to share and not just like 
talking at you or mm-hmm. seeing how many words we can put in the book to make it a thicker <laughs> book. Right? It's really focused on that goal of helping you get from competence to mastery. That that's the okay. like the guiding principle for all of it. No, that, that's that's really inspiring. Um, is it? I, would I be right in saying? You, you feel a certain level of, you, you feel that you're at a level, and you may well be there, but in writing, well, a post, but particularly a book and then so a course, mm-hmm. and you want to, you know, give good value to that, and you're putting your name on it, that yeah. as you dig deep, it just, it sort of just pushes you to just go much further, because as you're talking about a yeah. point going, well, hang on a second, I have to think about this. <laughs> Let me just check, double check that, imp- that like the code or the mm-hmm. docs and so forth. Do you feel that yeah. it just there's just something in that process that just pushes you deeper? Absolutely. I mean, I'll, I'll give a really simple example mm-hmm. or one that seems simple, but actually is not, which is in one of the validation rules is alpha which means, you know, like a person would be like, oh, it's letters, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's meant to be letters only, not numbers, not symbols, whatever. So does that mean A to Z? Well, that's kind of like an English or Roman alphabet centric view. Mm-hmm. When you look at the code, it's using Unicode um, classes, I think they're called, yeah. character classes. Mm-hmm. There's like 300,000 valid values in there. And so like that really trips somebody up if they're expecting it to be A through Z, mm-hmm. And somebody can type in, you know, Chinese characters or Arabic characters, and it, it happily passes validation. Like, that, that might be counterintuitive on the surface. It was to me at first, too. Mm-hmm. Like, when I dug into that, I'm like, that doesn't seem right. Because our book, too, has all of the source code examples have tests with them. Mm-hmm. And we run those tests on every release of Laravel. And that's been kind of an interesting exercise, too, to see behaviors change. Yeah. Um, but it, it's sort of like we would probe it and be like, okay, does that work? Does that work? Does this work? Oh, yeah. And then look, looking at why. And so I, I gained a ton of new insight just digging into even what I would consider a super basic validation rule. It really wasn't under the hood. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Also, from the perspective of the book, I would love to pick your brains at some stage about mm-hmm. how you approach like writing a book. Because, and I, I realize we're kind of coming around to the, to the hour, I guess, sure. allowing yep. for the quirks and... Mm-hmm. mishaps along the way um but i, I want to be you know respectful of your time um i have self-published three books and okay. admittedly it was quite a this was definitely a a self-taught process i've not gone mm-hmm. through a publisher before but yeah, i'm just kind of curious more of a, 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 a tangential tangentially related thing about how you approach like the the uh, like including code samples and stuff in mm-hmm. like whatever tool or, or system you use yep. such that you can link to now I am talking about this bit of code here, mm-hmm. but also have it such that you can use linters and validation and testing and so forth on it. So you, how you can kind of bring those two together, that would be something I'd love yeah. to hear for hours about. I am. I'm actually exploring this idea right now for my blog because it's the same problem, right? You publish a code sample, and maybe when I published it, it was Laravel 7, and the behavior changed in 9. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like my blog template, I think, even has at the bottom, if it's over a certain number of days, oh, this may not be accurate. But, yeah. like, we have the technology to solve this. I could test it against the currently supported versions of Laravel, yep. and I could even say, this passes, this is valid for Laravel 8 and 9, mm-hmm. the latest patch release. 
Um, so I'm going to try to take what we built for the book and apply that to the code samples in my blog at some point. I haven't haven't gotten there yet, but I sort of sketched out an idea of how that might work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to kind of maybe as, as, a, as a separate thing, just chase that up mm -hmm. because I wrote... I, I, I feel I did better in, in a book I wrote about Docker Compose in that the, the code was always separate or code of configuration and it was mm -hmm. included into like, you know, include this chunk or all of this file here. Okay. And so you could, as you, I guess you're reading through the book again, like you know, has a version changed? Okay, I'm going to run that again against this one. Yeah, it's still good. Sure. But I still feel it could be a smoother process i feel it's yeah. still it, it's it's still a work in progress mm -hmm. yeah it's not a perfect science for us either but some of it requires a little bit of manual work um to to link the two together but and like right now we're actually doing a i don't want to say a rewrite but a new version of the book for laravel 9 because we wrote this when laravel 8 was the current version mm -hmm. and we've uncovered some things that have changed and so you know we're, we're updating that um but yeah, it is it is tricky with code samples, or you know, even just to find a typo or something like it's so annoying. But um, we, we're trying to prevent some of that stuff with the tests where we can. You know, it works mm -hmm. great for our applications. Same principle can work for the code samples in the book too. Okay, uh, definitely want to come back to that. Um, okay. But as we're roughly at the well on the hour, um, mm -hmm. as 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 I say, as I'm prone to do at, at this point in the chat, I'd like to hand it over and say if there's something that you would like to really plug like out and out okay. put it right out there the floor is sure. yours all right i'm going to share a few things sure. because they and they all kind of feed into each other so the one that we've been hinting about a lot is um, mastering laravel.io and it's kind of the hub for what we do online so we have some we i think we have three books there two are free uh, to download one is a paid book uh, we have our sign up for a newsletter um, in the footer of the site, we have like our podcast like player down there too. So if you're kind of interested, um, one of the things that uh, we do with our podcast is uh, this was sort of self-serving to not make it too much work, mm -hmm. but we always keep it to like 15 minutes or less. Right? So okay. we're trying to keep like the, the value to the time investment ratio as high as possible. Mm -hmm. um, I love long podcasts. There's some I listen to that are two, three hours, but like for us, I don't want to edit that. Yeah. So I'm like, why don't we keep it to 15 minutes? So um, that I would put that out there. So masteringlaravel.io. Mm -hmm. The other one is just my personal blog, joelclaremont.com. Uh, it's pretty focused on PHP and Laravel, but there are some other topics in there too. Like I have a few posts on learning, um, productivity, you know, just other things that kind of I bump into and I, I think, oh, I should share this. I'll, I'll stick it there. Mm -hmm. um, and then the third site Oh, and, and my Twitter is linked from my personal site too. Yep. So I do, I am pretty active on Twitter if, if that's how you like keeping up with people. Um, there's our business site, which is nocompromises.io. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot there. We do have some resources for like project onboarding that I know other developers find useful. Um, and, you know, we have ways there if you want to work with us, like that there's a, a button you can click to, to um, contact us and set up a call. And then the last thing, and this is pretty new, um, so there's not a whole lot of information there yet, but we just put up um, a landing page for a new product I'm working on uh, that has been like kicking around my head for three, four years. It's called sourcedive.com. Okay. And what it is, and, and so as a consultant, I come into a lot of different code bases yep. and it takes time to get up to speed on them. 
So I had this this idea, which was inspired by some other frameworks I've I've seen in the past, to actually visualize a code base. You know, to see like a graph of what is the path that a given URL request would take through an application. Oh. Does it emit events? What database tables does it query? You know, all all sorts of things like that. Mm-hmm. That yeah, you can look at the code and see it. But you got to click into like 30 different files to kind of connect all the different dots. Mm-hmm. Um, so sourcedive.com is a tool. It's focused on Laravel, um, but it would let you kind of point it at a code base and visualize it and ask questions about it. So uh, right now, we have a few screenshots and kind of like some teasers as to what it will do. But there's a way to, to drop your email address if you'd like to learn more. And as we get closer to launching it, you know, to, to hear about that. So that's it. That's all I'm going to plug, just those. <laughs> four things <laughs> you said <laughs> it was fine so i went for it not absolutely like yeah that was all done in what two minutes two minutes ten seconds yep. or something no absolutely mm-hmm. fine um that, that last one sounds particularly interesting i'm, I'm really i'm curious about that but it, yeah. i i did a proof of concept because i'm like is this even possible in php um because the the framework is erlang web machine yeah had something like this and I'm like, I don't know if I can do this in PHP, but I got far enough with the proof of concept that I'm like, I'm putting it out there. Because at this point, I just want to see if people are interested mm. before I like spend months to completely build this thing out and make it production ready. Yeah. But but yeah, so I, I'm hoping people think that's interesting and tell me that by put, giving me their email and then I'll spend more time working on it. No, it, it, it does. Like the way you've described it, I'm actually quite fascinated. I'm curious as to seeing if what I see is what I kind of have the picture that's built up in my head. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm like after this, I'll, I'll, I'll jump on. Okay. Um, cool. But yeah, thanks very much for, for uh, being, uh, wanting to, to be on the podcast. Um, I wasn't sure when I said I'm going to start this, whether that would be just crickets <laughs> or <laughs> anything. Yep. So it, it's, it's really, as you said, it's, it's really rewarding. Um, yeah. And it's been good to, to, well, to, to, to me virtually and uh, just hear so much, you know, hear so much that you've had to share. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. And that's a wrap for this episode. You can find more about anything you've heard in today's episode by going to freethegeek.fm. That's freethegeek.fm. If you've enjoyed the episode, I'd love it if you'd give it a rating on your podcast platform of choice. Alternatively, please leave a comment in the episode discussion. I'd love to know what you think, what you thought was good, what could do with a bit more work, etc., etc. Otherwise, I'll see you next time.